To the Dirty Water Fantasy Podcast, episode 26, week 14 is in the books, the end of the regular season. Playoffs are here, Miles. What's going on, man? Talking playoffs? 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 Um, so we had a matchup. We did. Have a matchup. It's ongoing right now, it's yes. It's an ongoing matchup that you feel more confident in your in you losing than I feel in me winning. Yeah, well, I'm spotting you 23 right now coming into the Monday night game, and uh, I've got Maddie Stafford left, and you've got Zach Gertz. So, Sleeper says there is a 1% chance I'm winning tonight, it, by 1% the way. Is, is not correct. Yes, that I agree that that's an incorrect percentage. It's not. But the nearly, odds are bad. It's not out of the question at all that Stafford outscores Zach Gertz by 23 points. I'd say that's pretty unlikely. I don't know. Okay. I mean, we'll see. But I mean, talk through the implications of this game. So, yeah. So, it was full tilt in the keeper league <laughs> coming into this week, man. I mean, we'll get into it in a second here, but the Dalvin stuff all the way back on Thursday. Um, Hawkinson eventually, you know, being doubtful, eventually being out. Henderson now also on the COVID list as well, too. I was scrambling, I think, more than I've probably ever scrambled in a week in fantasy football ever to try and put together a lineup. And uh, unfortunately, I think I'm going to lose this week, but my team did better than than, uh, than I expected. And, and actually, there's a good chance that we'll make both make playoffs, provided that things shake out um, on a points-four basis, actually, in in one other matchup as well, too. Basically, I'm up against Matt Kurzweil. Um, shout out, Matt. Um, the Dirty Kurz. The Dirty Kurz in the uh, in the Keeper League for the rights to uh, get into the playoffs. Yeah, so so basically there is a chance that yes. both Chandler and I make the playoffs in this league. I'd say right now it's looking decent. Uh, you know, knock on wood there, but... Yeah, well, Zach Ertz has a catch for 14 yards for the first two minutes of the game, too, Miles. So it's oh, getting boy. better for you every, uh, seemingly every minute here. Yeah, late late recording uh, session for this oh, for yeah. this episode. But uh, basically, if I win, but you score more points than Matt Kurs. and Stoltz, or, ju- or just, just, just Kurz, Kurs, yep. then we are both in. I believe um, so. Which, which I think you and I are both rooting for, though... You weren't nice enough to to hand me the win for this one. No, I I, I could never do that, even for my uh, beloved co-host Miles. All right, and uh, how are your how are you doing in your other leagues? I know this is a big week. Yeah, I, I think it's not going to happen in Dynasty, unfortunately. I actually had a pretty good week, but um, I, Min's team is a wagon. Um, and uh, I I got outscored pretty handily this week just by putting up a pretty good number. Um, so it's going to be time to figure out, you know, look towards next season, figure out, you know, what I need to do for my roster there, and. In work, I'm kind of limping into the playoffs a little bit. I'm going to lose this week probably, um, but I will still, I think, make it in as the sixth seed, and hopefully I can go on a run there. I have a really talented team, I think. I just, Waller being out has been kind of brutal, um, especially in a 10-team, and uh, I need some of my guys to get healthy as well too, and including Henderson, hopefully. All right. Well, that Dynasty League that you speak of, I've been out of for a couple of weeks. I've been out of the running for a couple of weeks, so I feel your pain there. Um, in my work league, I have been talking on this podcast about me being out of the playoffs yep. for several weeks. I realized midweek this week that I do have a chance of making the playoffs. Um, I needed a win this week and for two specific people to lose, and I will get in on points four. That is just the top four, which is, by the way, why I thought I was not going to make it because so few teams make it in. But um, basically, I need I need Sony to, I think, outscore Cup by like 20 or something mm. and or no, no 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 15 or so okay and also Stafford to have a really good game for another team but I also need you to not have a good game with Stafford so it, it's it, it's not going to happen most likely okay. unfortunately RIP yep. and I am I have been in for a couple of weeks uh to my other dynasty league so hopefully 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 knock on wood keeper and dynasty are still alive yep all right 
Uh, crazy week. Yeah, let's get into it. Crazy week. Let's get into it. Um, I know we have a lot to talk about. Miles Ullman, Chandler Hennig here. Haven't said our names yet, but we are here with you to break it all down. Um, awesome show in store, really, to get you ready for your, your Week 15 playoffs. So, Chandler, take it away with takeaways. Yeah, super important week. Um, as people listening to the show will know, we normally like to break down teams during the takeaway segment. This week, it's going to be a little different, again, just based on time and where we are in the season. So, my takeaway this week focuses on injuries and handcuffs. As Maz alluded to, Week 14 was one of the craziest injury weeks we've had in recent memory. It started all the way back on Thursday night, which, Miles, by the way, feels like a gazillion years ago. Dalvin Cook of the Minnesota Vikings made a miraculous recovery from his shoulder injury and put on a show versus the Steelers. 205 on the ground and two touchdowns. That was on 27 rushes, and he also added in a reception for 17 yards. It was a bad start to the week if you either sat Dalvin or were relying on his, his handcuff, Alexander Madison, as a starter. If you did happen to follow the news on that Thursday and made a late switch and put in Dalvin into your lineup, then you're off to a really good start for the Week 14 matchup. Dalvin was one of the few players, though, who were questionable coming into the week due to injury that actually ended up playing. A couple of highly rostered players um, all missed time. Those names include Daryl Henderson, who's not playing tonight, DeAndre Swift, Swift's backup Jamal Williams, Elijah Mitchell for the Niners, Keenan Allen missed this week on the Chargers due to COVID, Adam Thielen was out with the ankle injury, Elijah Moore is now out, Darren Waller was out, and Hawkinson were all, were all out. Um, Chase Edmonds, the running back for the Arizona Cardinals, was not activated from, from the IR and is missing the Monday night game versus the Rams. As is a very late addition to the COVID-19 list, Tyler Higby, the tight end for the Rams, he's also not active tonight. Week 15 is the start of the playoffs for the vast majority of fantasy leagues, which means it's time to take a hard look at your roster. As we've said in previous episodes, depth matters less the further along you are in the season. Here's what I'm recommending to our listeners. Look at your roster and figure out who you intend to start in the playoffs. Then look at your bench. Ask yourself this question. If X player in my starting lineup gets injured, would I rather play Y player on my bench or would I rather start X player's backup? If the answer to that question is, I would rather pay the backup, you need to make that move via the waiver wire this week if they are available. And here's a quick hypothetical just to add some names to that, to that, um, to that example. Let's say you roster Keenan Allen. You drafted well and maybe he's your wide receiver too. Your wide receiver four or perhaps wide receiver five is a guy like, let's just throw a name out there, A.J. Green. Ask yourself this question. If something happened to Keenan, would I rather start A.J. Green or would I rather start Keenan's backups? A.J. Green is playing right now as, as we record, but just to, to put a fine point on it, both Jalen Guyton and Josh Palmer, the nominally wide receiver three and four in a standard week for the Chargers, both had more than 17 points this week versus the New York Giants with Keenan out. Yeah, this is so helpful. Um, I said this last week, and I will say it again. Every player on your team at this point needs to be helping you win your championship. Yep. Right? But last week I said either helping you get into the playoffs or winning your championship. You're now either in the playoffs or not in the playoffs, and if you're still in the playoffs, every player on your team on your team in pure redraft formats needs to be helping you win a championship. So we have a very long list of drop candidates to get to later in the episode. And I think that that will illustrate the point, but I know one name that we have on that list that you and I talked about a little bit before the show is Jerry Judy. Judy is a guy who I had really high hopes for this season. He's been on my team the whole season, but if I need to pick up a Josh Palmer type of player, I'll do that and bench and, and bench Judy or I shouldn't I shouldn't say that. I, what I should say is, if Keenan Allen can't play and I need to start Josh Palmer, I'll do that and bench Judy, in which case I'm okay dropping Jerry Judy. There's no point in holding on to him if you don't think you're going to play him for the next three games. Yeah, and something that's implied in that example that I also should say explicitly is typically talk about handcuffs for running backs. We are past that point in the season, especially if you have really high-end wide receivers or maybe even a high-end tight end, you know, that's a little bit less common, but especially for your receivers. I mean, if, God forbid, something happens to Tyreek Hill in a week, guys like Miko Hardman, like Byron Pringle, get huge, huge bumps. And again, if the question is, would I rather play A.J. Green versus Miko Hardman with Tyreek Hill out? 
again, matchups depend. Matchups do matter there, but there's a good chance that I would play Miko Hardman over AJ Bre- uh, AJ Green in my lineup. Yeah, and and this is very dependent on who these players in the in the formula are. Right, right. there are players like Tyreek Hill who don't have handcuffs. Right. No one is going to be as good as Tyreek Hill on the Chiefs if Tyreek Hill were to go down, you know, just continuing that example. But in the instance of, may, I don't even know necessarily that I agree, but maybe Miko Hardman without Tyreek Hill, I might play them over AJ Green. I don't know. That's an example. But just to sort of challenge what you said there, Chandler, I would much rather have a handcuff that I don't know for sure will pan out. So like Devontae Booker, for example, over uh, Miko Hardman because one is a guaranteed handcuff. The other is maybe a good play if Tyreek Hill misses and both are only good plays if, you know, their respective starter misses. So, okay. That's, that's a fair point. Let me throw one back at you, Miles, because we've seen it the past couple of weeks. KJ Osborne was not thought of as a handcuff to Adam Thielen. Yeah. But while Thielen has been out, he is certainly acting as the wide receiver two in that offense. And he's been productive in that role. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, the point is, take a look at your team and think critically. Yep. Um, All right, since we have a lot to cover in the show, I just wanted to quickly highlight some of my favorite defenses to pick up and play for the fantasy playoffs based on really strong schedules. Um, My favorite is the Philadelphia Eagles. They get the Washington football team, the New York Giants, and then the Washington football team. The Bears get the Minnesota Vikings, Seattle Seahawks, and the New York Giants. The San Francisco 49ers get the Atlanta Falcons, the Tennessee Titans, and the Houston Texans. And finally, the Miami Dolphins, my stream of the week, get the New York Jets, New Orleans Saints, and the Tennessee Titans. So all pretty good starts, I would say, and and, and defenses that you should consider picking up for your playoffs if they are not currently rostered. Um, All right, let's speed through some of these injuries because I know you already mentioned a lot of them in your takeaways. We'll start off with players newly placed on the IR in the last week. As always, um, this means that they are missing a minimum of three games, though most of these guys, I think, will be out for the rest of the season. Randall Cobb, um, out with a place on IR with the groin surgery or, or sorry, with the groin injury. Um, I think he's going to be out for the fantasy season. I would think so as well. Um, Kenyon Drake, broken ankle done for the season. This is not a surprise. We talked about it last time. This one was a surprise. Elijah Moore put on IR with the quad injury. Um, he may be back for week 17 of your fantasy playoffs or of the season, I should say. Um, in which case, sure, maybe I'd start him then. Um, but either way, he's a stud and, and he'll be great in, in 2022. Um, the next name is Corey Davis, his teammate. We already knew he'd be done with that core muscle surgery. Um, and, and we'll talk about it, but Braxton Berrios seems like a really good pick out pick up with these two, um, at least based on the performances this week. And finally, Logan Thomas did get put on IR with that knee injury we talked about. Um, Ricky Seals-Jones was meh as a fill-in. Here's who is out heading into the Week 14 games. We'll start with Chris Evans running back for the Bengals, missed with an ankle injury. Harrison Bryant and David Njoku both missed with COVID. Excuse me. David Njoku missed with COVID. Harrison Bryant missed with an ankle injury. Um, And Austin Hooper did a really good job filling in. Uh, Or I shouldn't say filling in, just as the lone survivor there. Tony Pollard missed with a foot injury. DeAndre Swift missed with that shoulder. Like you mentioned, he is helpful for Week 15. Jamal Williams tested positive for COVID. He missed. uh, And Craig Reynolds uh, had a solid game as the Lions lead back. TJ Hawkinson had a hand injury. Um... Also hopeful for Week 15, Darren Waller, questionable for Week 15 with a knee injury. Keenan Allen, as we mentioned, had COVID, um, but is expected to play for Week 15. Uh, Just a side note on the off chance that he cannot play Week 15. um, Where do you stand in terms of Palmer versus Guyton? Yeah, I would rather have Palmer. Um, It seems like those two kind of match up with the two one and one and two wide receivers on the on the chargers that palmer is more the Keenan allen role and getting a little bit more of the field stretcher which is how we perceive mike williams yeah I, i'm not banging on guy getting a, a 70 yard touchdown every game 60 yard whatever it was um adam thielen had that high ankle sprain we talked about um we knew last week he'd missed three to six weeks mark ingram and ty montgomery both missed with covid Kadarius tony um had an oblique injury that he continues to deal with he was also placed on the covid list today so his week 15 
2015 status is, is not looking good. Uh, Daniel Jones missed with a neck injury. Tevin Coleman missed with a concussion. Ty Johnson was meh filling in. Uh, Elijah Mitchell had a concussion and knee injury. Uh, Wilson and Hasty were both meh, but Debo Samuel is <laughs> basically an RB for this team. You should have known that coming uh, out of this week, two miles, and, I think, in hindsight. Yeah, and I mean, that it's fine for your fantasy team, right? He carried the ball eight times for 37 yards, scored a rushing touchdown, um, but he only had one target. He's not treated as a receiver, when at least when Elijah Mitchell is off the field. Uh, Travis Homer missed with a calf injury. J.D. McKissick still dealing with the concussion. Tyler Higby and Daryl Henderson both out with COVID tonight. And Chase Edmonds is also out tonight. And we're just telling you this because we reported last week that he was likely to come off of IR for this game. That is not the case. He is he's still dealing with that ankle injury. So hopefully he'll be back for week 15. I do want to make one quick note about the Rams. I believe the story from McVeigh was that there was only one player on the Rams who was not vaccinated. And I think they have antibodies since that happened. I think that was a new story that happened, I think, before the season started or early in the season. So, again, Higby and Henderson not playing tonight, but still, I think, a decent shot, provided they can test negative um, for them to play in the, uh, in, their, in the upcoming Rams game. Okay. For in-week injuries, we'll start off with Damian Harris. Um, he injured his hamstring all the way back to last Monday, a week ago, um, but we didn't get a chance to touch on it since they were on bye this week. Um, he's questionable for week 15. Fire up Ramondre yes. if he misses. Oh my goodness, yes. Josh Allen sprained his left foot. I would say every one of the Bills gets a downgrade if Trubisky is the one who gets the start. Absolutely. Lamar. Uh, Lamar Jackson. Slow ankle sprain. I think that if Lamar misses um, Hollywood, Marquise Brown probably gets the biggest downgrade, but it seems like Andrews, Freeman, and possibly even Bateman get bumps. Yeah, this one's kind of confusing. Totally agree with the Hollywood downgrade. I don't think anyone believes that Tyler Hunley, Hunley, I think is his last name, Huntley, Huntley, is as good a quarterback as Lamar, but Andrews, Freeman, and Bateman sort of all operate in that short yardage area where, you know, we think that just because they're going to be less aggressive on the play calling, they might get more looks than if Lamar was QB. Yep. Mark Andrews also tight end one on the season ahead of Kelsey. That's crazy. Um, Sammy Watkins injured his knee. That's pretty irrelevant. Uh, DJ Moore injured his hamstring. He's day-to-day. Justin Fields bruised his left hand. He should be good to go, though. Um, Kareem Hunt is doubtful for Week 15 with an ankle injury. I think Dearness Johnson might be a good play and get that Kareem Hunt role if 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 Hunt does miss time. That's very possible. I mean, Chubb has not st- stepped into those targets even with Hunt missing time. Okay, Melvin Gordon sprained his thumb, not expected to miss any time. Um, Aaron Rodgers did suffer a setback with that toe injury he's been dealing with for several weeks. He is still not expected to miss time for now. Rex Burkhead left the game early with a hip injury. He's day-to-day. Uh, Royce Freeman could be a good desperation plug-and-play if, if Burkhead does miss time. Uh, Mike Williams, questionable for Week 15 with a heel injury. Jared Cook, questionable with a quad injury. And Austin Eckler for the Chargers um, injured his ankle. Uh, Coach Daly did say that he's fine, but it's the Thursday game, so you never know. Um, and, and Justin Jackson slash Joshua Kelly should fill in if Eckler misses. Um, We'll talk about it again, I'm sure, but do you have a preference between the two? Jackson for me. Me as well. Uh, Terry Terry McLaurin is in concussion protocol. He's questionable for week 15. Do you have any interest in the other football team receivers, Cam Sims, Adam Humphreys, DeAndre Carter, Curtis Samuel? No, too hard to predict. Yeah, not worth investing anything right now for your first round of I think Sims probably had the best game points-wise, but that's just because he mossed one of the defenders on... (laughs) on Dallas and caught a, like a super a super deep touchdown pass I'm pretty sure. Yeah, we'll we'll cover plenty of $0 fab bids that you could yeah. put on waivers oh, yeah. uh for wide receiver. Uh and finally Taylor Heineke is getting an MRI for his knee injury but he's optimistic for week 15. Um getting into some NFL news, we're playing the COVID game this week. I don't know what happened, but a lot of and actually you know what we haven't talked about this but we might just over the next three, four weeks, also into the you know real NFL playoffs, probably see a huge spike in in COVID cases. Oh, I'm sure. Just between the you know winter, people staying inside more, as well as uh, the Omicron variant. Like this could be a very real thorn in everyone's side come fantasy playoffs. Absolutely, which is right now. and it just makes what we said at the beginning of the show the the handcuffs yep. even more important because Definitely. again, if 
I'm not saying you need to roster the backup tight end on on the Rams if you have Higby as your starter, but if you were hoping for points from Higby tonight, you needed two or three to win your matchup this week and make playoffs. That's a crushing loss, you know, right at the end of the right at the end of the fantasy week. Yeah, and that's especially true for any Monday night player. Yes. This oh, is yes. why we always say put your the latest game should be your flex player. Um, whenever possible, like your Thursday players should never be in your flex. It should be the opposite because you need that flexibility come game time in case you need to make any last minute decisions. And Miles, I'm going to add something super quickly there. Like if you are tracking what's going on in your matchups over the course of Sunday and you have a guy who is playing on Sunday night that you might have picked up as like a handcuff or something like that, but you're looking and you have players playing on Monday night and what, for whatever reason, either they're going into the week with an injury designation or you're just worried in general, and you know that that player that's playing on Sunday night it's not really going to help your lineup at this point, drop that player so you have some roster flexibility. So if you wake up on Monday morning or something like that, or, or on Sunday night, you can put a, a fab claim in or a, a waiver put in for some random backup player on one of the teams in the Monday night game and give yourself a little bit of insurance and coverage there if something does happen, unfortunately. Yes, sir. Um, all right. So getting into some of these COVID cases, uh, Cedric Wilson um, tested positive, uh, unknown vaccination status right now. Miles Gaskin, Salvan Ahmed, and Philip Lindsay, the three running backs for the Miami Dolphins, all tested positive uh, in that order chronologically. And all three are reportedly vaccinated, which means they can potentially be ready for week 15. I'd say Duke Johnson is a very, very deep bench add on the off chance all three backs are out, and I hope that's the last name I utter. The last time I uttered Duke Johnson's name on this podcast. Um, finally, Alexander Madison um, did test positive today. I personally am not bothering picking up Nwangwu or Gallman, uh, mostly because I don't know which of them it will be. Yeah, I get it, and at the same time, it concerns me if you're a cook owner that Madison tested positive. Um, Mm. You know, I would assume if if Dalvin is a close contact, then Nguangu is also a close contact. So in that case, maybe Gallman is the guy to pick up there because he's just been added um, from someone's practice squad, I think. I can't remember who that is. but uh, The Falcons. The Falcons practice squad. Uh, he was, was on the was Falcons cut, team. Was he cut by the Falcons yeah, at some know. point? Maybe Gallman is a slightly better handcuff there, but yeah, it's not... It's not a fun pickup by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, if I had to put my money down, I'd say Gallman. Um, all right, here's some fun news, I guess. Urban Meyer is it's probably getting fired pretty soon. Um, the reports of that Urban has lost the whole locker room and the staff in Jacksonville. Uh, they need to move on. He's kind of ruined this team. That post-game interview was absolutely ridiculous. Like, just, it's a garbage move to be leaking. It's a garbage move to, you know... <laughs> Some of the stuff that Urban has done this season has been pretty garbage as well, too. So he needs to make sure he's uh, he's staying in line there. It's, yeah. it's been pretty bad in Jacksonville. Starting off with drafting a running back in the first round when you had James Robinson. And then not using James Robinson. Yeah. Um, all right. A little bit of sad news. Um, just wanted to, to quickly say rest in peace to Marius Thomas. Um, for those of you who don't know, Demarius Thomas did pass away. He is um, at the age of 33, I believe. Yep. He was formerly a great player in real life and in fantasy um, for the Denver Broncos primarily. He was on that Super Bowl winning team with Peyton. Um, you know, that was, that was one of the big names in fantasy football when I was first getting started. So um, rest in peace and it's tragic news and, and um, our condolences to the family. Yeah. And by all accounts, an awesome person as well too yeah. in his post football life. So um, one that will be missed and, and across the league, a lot of uh, outpouring of support and emotion coming into this week. Definitely. And we will wrap it up on some good news. Um, Jalen Hurts is expected to be good for week 15. Play him. And Michael Carter is expected back for the Jets for week 15. Play him as well. All right. Let's transition over to drop candidates. As Miles alluded to, we have a lot to talk about on this list just because it is the first week of playoffs coming up. And we're going to start with the Broncos wide receivers. So very quickly, Miles, we have Jerry Judy. Um, Sutton and Patrick, Tim Patrick on this list. These guys are all averaging around 10 points per game. Um, Judy is wide receiver 49, Sutton is 54, and Patrick is 56 on a points per game basis. Are you dropping all these guys? Any of these guys? Where are you at there? I'm absolutely dropping Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick. Um, 
both of their points per game numbers are inflated from earlier in the season. They have not, not, not been good at all recently. Um, Jerry Judy is in that tier that we talked about at the beginning of the podcast where if you would rather have a handcuff, I'm okay dropping Jerry Judy, but he is as good of a wide receiver for play as any realistically. Yep, and I will make a quick note there that the Broncos' rest of the season schedule is not that great. Awful. They do have Cincinnati, which is an okay matchup, and then Vegas and the Chargers in the championship week is a bit of a dagger there. I believe, according to Fantasy Pros, they have the worst strength of schedule, the, the, the most difficult strength of schedule for wide receivers. All right, good note there. Let's move on to the Seahawks running backs. Uh, again, we talked a little bit about, um, well, we have not talked about Rashad Penny yet, but we will, I should say. But Alex Collins, Adrian Peterson is now on the Seahawks as a reminder. Um, DJ Dallas, what is Homer's first Travis name? Homer. Travis Homer. Um, any of these guys that you want to roster at this point? Yeah, I'm okay dropping all of these guys. Um, Rashad Penny has the greatest likelihood of being relevant for the rest of the season. And even if not, none of the other guys will be. Okay, I'm with you there. Even if Penny is not the guy, there's not enough work to go around if they are all splitting. Let's move on to the Tennessee backfield. We'll talk about Dante Foreman. or yeah, Let's talk about Dante Foreman now, actually. He is clearly the back-to-roster on this offense. 13 rushes for 47 yards and a touchdown. Um, he added two receptions on two targets for 15 yards. They trust him on the goal line. He is obviously not Derrick Henry, but he seems to be the closest to Derrick Henry of the backs currently on Tennessee's roster. With that in mind, Dontrell Hilliard and Jeremy McNichols were very hot waiver wire ads in the aftermath of Henry going down. Are those drops for you now, Miles? Yes, they are. Um, it's very similar to the Seahawks situation. Foreman is the guy, and Dontrell Hilliard and McNichols, there's just not enough work to go around for those two to be relevant on a consistent basis. I agree. Um, they you know, nominally are splitting the pass-catching work, but even Foreman is getting some of that as well, too, and I just do not see enough value behind them. Yep. All right, Miles, a big name here, Terry McLaurin. Um, is Terry McLaurin a drop for you right now? No, he is not a drop for me right now. Um, if we got some news that he's on IR for the rest of the season or something, of course, then he's a drop. But otherwise, no, I'm not dropping him. He's too good. Um, but I am not looking to play him right now, uh, especially with the concussion. Yep, and I will make a note there for the Washington football team. Again, the rest of this, the rest of the season schedule is not very good. Philadelphia twice, that's a tough matchup for wide receivers. And Dallas is listed as a light green, um, so a sort of light go uh, matchup for wide receivers. But Dallas's defense has been absolutely incredible of late. Speaking of the Philadelphia Eagles, let's move on to wide receiver Devonta Smith. Um, Miles, you know, Devonta Smith's only, or I should say, last productive game without a touchdown, was in, was all the way back in week five. So I think he had a couple of productive back-to-back weeks in like week 10 and 11, perhaps. Um, but it has not been good since then. Where are you on Devonta Smith right now? Yeah, I'm okay keeping him um, if you plan to play him. He has a very, very, very strong schedule. Washington football team, Giants, Washington football team, all great matchups for receivers. The variable there is will the Eagles pass or will they just be the run first team that they sometimes are um i would say if he has a bad game against the football team this week then i'm okay dropping him after that i would put smith in the same tier as jerry judy from for me right now um i i just would not want to rely on devonta smith and something we haven't said yet is if you're in the playoffs you are by the nature of that playing against better teams which means you need to have consistent point scorers in your lineup Let's move on to Allen Robinson, wide receiver for the Chicago Bears. My reaction to this drop, you know, drop keep is ugh. Um, if you aren't playing him this week versus the Vikings, which is the best matchup he will have rest of season, I'd be okay dropping him. My note there is that Chase Claypool has been pretty bad this season, or at the very least inconsistent. He's had a good game versus the Vikings in uh, in Week 14. Yeah, and I'm I'm gonna actually loop in the next two just for the sake of time here. It's Kenny Galladay and Emmanuel Sanders. I feel like these three guys, if you are still rostering them, it's because of what they've done in the past. Um, a Rob, Kenny Galladay, Emmanuel Sanders have not been good. I mean, the first two all season, Emmanuel Sanders in half a season. So you don't need to be rostering any of them heading into your playoffs. 
All right, final two names here, Zach Moss and Matt Breida. I think the big note here is that Singletary seems to be the back-to-roster in this uh, backfield right now. 452 on the ground, plus six catches for 37 yards on seven targets. I'm okay dropping both Moss and Breida. I'm assuming you're in the same boat, Miles. I am. Seven targets for Singletary. Yep. Um, All right, let's move on to our waiver targets now. Uh, We'll start off at running back, and we'll kick it off with Mike Davis. Just wanted to call out, even though he's 58% rostered, so just above our threshold. Um, He's had two straight good games. In this one, he had um, 11 rushes for 44 yards. More importantly, five catches on six targets for 42 yards. Um, Pretty significant spike in rushing attempts. You know, could be game script related, but um, also it seems like he can be started in a pinch. Um... Cordero Patterson is still the running back to roster there, of course, but, um, you know, just calling that out for Mike Davis. Rashad Penny, we've mentioned him already, 24% rostered. He had 16 carries for 137 yards and two touchdowns, plus a reception for a yard in this one. Um, Penny seems to be the lead back in Seattle. Collins was healthy. He only had seven rushing attempts. Peterson was not healthy, so, you know, he, he did miss, so maybe... That could change the split a little bit. It's also worth noting, I would say, that he had this great performance versus an awful Texans defense. So, you know, if you're not past your trade deadline, I'm definitely okay selling high on Rashad Penny. But there's also, I guess, a small chance that Rashad Penny is a league winner this year and just turns into a beast for the last three games of the season. Former first-round pick uh, in the NFL draft. So, you know, he's definitely worth a pickup, and that's why we're talking about him first among the guys who are under 50% rostered. Miles, are you spending fab on Penny this week? Yeah, I'm spending fab on him. Okay. Um, I probably wouldn't dump it all, but, you know, that depends on how much I have left. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I want Penny. I want to take the shot on the league winner. I think he's the only non-handcuff league winner that we'll talk about today. I think I'm with you on that one. Yeah. Um... Justin Jackson and Joshua Kelly, we talked about them um, as the handcuffs for Eckler. We don't really know who it'll be, but I think we both lean towards Justin Jackson. He was more productive with his touches. He had nine rushes for 35 yards versus Kelly's 10 rushes for 33 yards. Um, They were each targeted once, but I would project Kelly, excuse me, I would project Jackson to get more of the receiving work if Eckler misses. Um... All this is to say that, you know, this is entirely dependent on Eckler's status, and Eckler is expected to play Thursday, but um, I think that they're both worth picking up. If you roster Eckler, I'd probably dump my remaining fab. You need to win playoffs. You can't be taking any risks with Eckler missing. Um, And if you're going against Eckler in your matchup, I would dump still, you know, most if not all of my fab just for the block, just for the, the defensive play. This is the Thursday game, so you can pick them up, and then you, if you wanted to, you could drop them off right before kickoff if you're not planning to play them, and then, you know, pick up guys you might play on Sunday. Um, that's probably only if you have news that Eckler's injury will only last a week, though. Yeah, I don't hate that strategy, and at the same time, if Eckler does miss time, I can't imagine either Jackson or Kelly would be more than an RB3 on, on, in a week-to-week basis, so this one's hard. I think even if I'm an Eckler owner, I'd almost rather have Penny this week than I would Jackson or Kelly. That being said, Penny probably will be more expensive than either of those players when it comes to fab bidding. True. Uh, Dearness Johnson, 17% rostered. This is in the case that Kareem Hunt cannot go. He's considered week to week with the ankle injury and, 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 and really he's doubtful. Um, and then he's of course an elite handcuff to Chubb if, if they both were to go down with injury for whatever reason. Um, Amir Abdullah, 17% rostered. We've talked about him for several weeks in a row. Um, it looks like now that we've seen it, the Panthers backfield is a timeshare. But I personally would prefer Amir Abdullah, um, a little bit of a buy low as well. But essentially, Amir Abdullah outsnapped Chuba, fifty nine percent to thirty nine percent. Hubbard did out carry Abdullah ten to four, but Abdullah out targeted Chuba four to zero. So all of that is to say, I think the arrow is pointing is more in Amir Abdullah's favor. Yeah, I'm with you on that one as well, too. The targets are the valuable, are the valuable piece of that backfield right now. Agreed. Um, Devontae Booker, 
30% rostered. He had eight carries for five and five targets. Um, he is getting utilization with Mike Glennon because they are just passing out of the backfield, basically. So if Glennon goes again next week, um, I'm okay. Comf- uh, you know, I'm comfortable starting Booker if I really needed to. And he's also a pretty great handcuff for Saquon. Agreed. Uh, Craig Reynolds. <laughs> Oh Wasn't expected to goodness. talk about Craig Reynolds, also the most normal name of all time. We we I think we make fun of silly names on this podcast. We've never made fun of a normal name. He might be the goat Craig of all time He's in the NFL. Go- I, don't, I can't think of another name off the top of my head right I now. I can't think of another Craig. There might not be another Craig. He might be the goat Craig. You're right. Um, 2% rostered is Craig Reynolds. Uh, if Swift and Jabal mo- both miss, he is the guy. 11 for 83 this week on the ground, plus two catches for 16 yards on, uh, I believe, two targets. So um, pretty good. Yeah. Um, And just some desperation pickups here. David Johnson and Royce Freeman, both from the Texans. Uh, David Johnson did miss week 14 uh, with COVID. uh, And with David Johnson out, Burkhead and Freeman both had decent weeks. Burkhead suffered an injury in the game and is listed now as day-to-day. Um, I think both DJ and Freeman would be desperation RB3 slash flex two considerations if and only if Rex Burkhead does miss time. But it's worth noting that Freeman had eight targets. That's a lot. Yep. Yeah, I'm with you on that one as well, too. Let's move on to wide receiver. Starting off with my guy, Robbie A, 43% rostered. (laughs) Robbie had his best day of the season in the Panthers' Week 14 matchup versus the Falcons. Seven receptions on 12 targets. That's huge for 84 yards and a touchdown. Maybe this offense will be better now that Joe Brady has been fired as the as the offensive coordinator, question mark. I will note that the Panthers have a tough matchup in Week 15 versus the Buffalo Bills, but they play Tampa Bay and New Orleans in Week 16 and 17. Those are both big plus matchups. And one other note there, as Miles mentioned during the injury segment, DJ Moore is dealing with that uh, injury right now. Robbie could be valuable, especially if DJ Moore misses time. Uh, anything to add there, Miles? Nope. Let's move on to Alan Lazard, 12% roster, wide receiver for the Packers. The Packers wide receiver two carousel continues. This week it was Alan Lazard's turn to be productive behind Devontae Adams. Um, Lazard had 21 points on six receptions for 75 yards and a touchdown. For reference there, Adams had 13 targets, Lazard had the seven, and MVS had five. Both he and MBS are super consistent, but again, a fine dart froze in, in an offense that's clicking. Right super now. inconsistent. Just inconsistent. To yes. Yeah. Um, let's move on to Jalen Geitlin and Josh Palmer. Those are 28 and 10 percent rostered, respectively. I'm not going to belabor this one. We talked about this already. If Keenan Allen does miss time, Miles and I both prefer Palmer. If something did happen to Mike Williams, as you mentioned, in terms of the top of the show, in terms of handcuffs, Geitlin might be the guy there as a little bit more of a field stretcher compared to Palmer. Let's move on to K.J. Osborne, 48% rostered. Osborne had a massive nine nine targets in Week 14 with Adam Thielen out. He did only catch three of them, but one of those catches was a 62-yard touchdown pass, which is how Osborne ended the week with 17 fantasy points. Minnesota has the Bears next week, which is a pretty big plus matchup at wide receiver. Again, I'd assume that K.J. Osborne was probably rostered pretty heavily with Thielen going down, but again, half of leagues he apparently is not. He, I think, is a pretty good emergency wide receiver two and certainly a flex option for uh, for week 15 anything to add miles nope all right let's keep it rolling my guy amon Ra yugioh st brown 32 percent rostered it's now back-to-back games with 12 targets for yugioh st brown who is pretty clearly operating as the wide receiver one on the lions i do want to make two notes here deandre swift jamal williams and tj hawkinson all players who have gotten targets on the lines this season did miss this game so any or all of those guys coming back could certainly you know alter how much volume that amon Ra is getting i will also note that the lions have arizona in week in week 15 that is a brutal brutal matchup um so i'd prefer to not be starting any lions and, and hopefully you do have the arizona defense um if you are a uh, defensive uh playing league as well yeah only thing i have to add there is this is probably my favorite nickname that we've had this season. Yeah, I think so too. This one I think is definitely sticking around even it, after it flows. the season it is flows done. so well. Let's move on to Donovan Peoples-Jones, wide receiver for the since uh, excuse me Cleveland Browns. He is 19% rostered, had five catches for 90 yards on seven targets. That's a season high in targets with seven and also target share with just over 23%. The one note here is that the Browns had a ton of kind of auxiliary players out for this game. 
I consider DPJ a risky pickup and play, especially if some of those guys like Njoku and Harrison Bryant come back. Um, but again, maybe an emergency pickup here. Miles, is that kind of the same thing? Same thing for you? Yep, I love him in Dynasty though. Okay, yep, me as well. Let's move on to Laquan Treadwell, four percent rostered. The game script for the Jags will almost always favor the wide receivers. Trevor Lawrence threw the ball forty times. This past weekend, the Jags lost to the Titans, and there is no reason to believe that's not going to continue. Treadwell had four receptions for 68 yards on six targets. He's averaging 5.5 targets since he became a regular player uh, a couple weeks ago. He's just a floor guy. Um, no Jags receiver has finished in the top 20 on a given week since week six. But again, maybe in your flex or in an emergency wide, wide receiver too, he might be a person to consider there. Let's wrap up the wide receivers this week with Jamison Crowder and Braxton Berrios. Miles mentioned at the top of the show that both Elijah Moore and um, Corey Davis are now out for presumably the rest of the season. Maybe Moore comes back super late. But Jamison Crowder is 52% rostered. Braxton Berrios is only 1% rostered. Crowder had a pretty disappointing game, honestly. He was only three catches for 19 yards on six targets. As Maz alluded to, Braxton Berrios had a really good game, 6 for 52, and he did get 10 targets with Moore and Davis out. Anything to add to any of those, Miles? No. All right, let's keep it rolling. Just a couple names for quarterback this week. Taysom Hill, 58% rostered, so a little bit above the threshold, but we figure we throw him in there. Taysom has now rushed 11 times in back-to-back weeks. That's huge for a quarterback. He put up 26 versus the Jets in large part due to the two rushing touchdowns, including a 44-yarder. The Saints are playing a susceptible Tampa Bay defense in Week 15. You know, temper expectations because Taysom gets it done on the ground and Tampa Bay is an elite run defense. But this offense flows through him and Kamara, and I would start them and probably no one else on New Orleans. Agreed. One other name here, Jimmy Garoppolo, 36% rostered. Excuse me. This is kind of a gross name, but we got to acknowledge that the Niners have really good weapons for one thing, and they have an incredible playoff schedule down the stretch. It is the Falcons, the Titans, and the Texans. Jimmy G scored 20 in the Week Niners 14 game versus the Bengals, which I probably think is a better defense than any of those ones coming up for the the Niners. Yep. Nothing at tight end this week, which means we are on to streamers. I'll kick it over to you, Miles, to start us off at quarterback. All right. I am uh, streaming Justin Fields rookie quarterback for the Chicago Bears versus the Minnesota Vikings. It's a good matchup. Um, Fields in this offense are better now than they were at the start of the season, and he's starting to run more, which we like, spread the ball, spread the offense around a little bit. Um, and he also has a great matchup in Week 17 versus the Giants, so if you're still streaming at this point in the season, maybe worth just hanging on to him um, and playing him in that finals uh, matchup. Yeah, I love that call, Miles. Any defense that makes Ben Roethlisberger look like a fantasy-relevant quarterback <laughs> is a good one to target. Uh, I will be streaming Tua Tagovailoa. Did I say that right, Miles? Tungovailoa. Tungovailoa versus the New York Jets. It's, just, it's a classic silent end situation. Uh, gotcha. The Dolphins are one of the hottest teams in the NFL headed into their bye week in Week 14. I'm betting Tua and the Finns will keep it rolling versus the Jets' lowly defense. Yes, they will. Um, at tight end, I am streaming James O'Shaughnessy. Um, Hennessy. O'Shaughnessy. Hennessy. Uh, tight end for the Jacksonville Jaguars, um, and that is versus the Houston Texans. It will not be pretty, and he will not blow up this week. He's not someone who could finish as the tight end one overall, but he's had two straight games with at least six targets, and he gets a great matchup with Houston, should provide a decent floor um, with the added, albeit unlikely, upside of uh, a touchdown. Yeah, if you're looking for a streamer at tight end this week, I would consider Hunter Henry of the New England Patriots versus the Colts. The Colts are a very plus matchup at tight end. Playing in a covered stadium, I expect the Pats to pass more than three times, which uh, should benefit um, Hunter Henry. Yeah, and those two streams are kind of opposite, but both uh, viable strategies, right? James O'Shaughnessy should provide a floor at tight end if that's what you need, and Hunter Henry provides a ceiling at tight end if that's what you need. Yeah. Um, At defense, I'm streaming, streaming the Miami Dolphins versus the Jets. The Dolphins are the number eight defense on the year. They've been rolling, as you mentioned, and they're playing uh, a bad roster that's even more bad with all the injuries that the Jets have had. Sign me up for that. Yep. Love that. Dallas Cowboys versus the New York Giants. One of the hottest defensive units in football right now is coming off of a huge game versus a division rival, the Washington football team. I have no reason to believe the number two defense in the year will not keep it going versus a perennially banged up Giants offense. Yeah, every single week. Um, And finally, my kicker of the week that I'll be streaming is Ryan Suckup of the Buccaneers versus the New Orleans Saints. It's a great matchup, um, and really I'm just expecting it to be a high-scoring divisional game, and Suckup should 
should put some points on the board. Yeah, I'm also going with the Miles default logic here at kicker. Um, Dustin Hopkins of the LA Chargers versus the Chiefs. This is currently the highest over-under on the week, and the Chiefs are slight favorites, meaning the books expect the Chargers to also put up some points. All right. Um, our next segment is going to be a start six segment, and this is in lieu of a trade target segment. We talked about this, and, and mo- I think the default setting for just about every league that you're in has some trade deadline in your league. And at this point, week 15, we are past that trade deadline just about everywhere. So we will not be addressing trades anymore, buy low, sell highs. You know, as we went through and talked about some of these injuries and, and free agency pickups, we, we did mention a couple of buy lows and sell highs, but, and we'll continue to do that, you know, on the off chance that you are not past the trade deadline. But we're going to move on from that segment for the fantasy playoffs and talk through some start-sit decisions. And basically what this is, is you chose a player that you're actively starting this week that maybe is not thought of as an every-week starter. And I chose someone to sit this week who is thought of as an every-week starter. Um, So I'll let you kick it off. Who are you starting this week? Yeah, it's Melvin Gordon. And this one's probably going to persist for the rest of the the playoffs, the rest of the season. So Melvin had 50% snap share in week 14. That was the Broncos game versus the Detroit Lions. And as a Melvin owner in the, in the Dynasty League, that's actually good to see because Melvin's snap percentage has taken a slight dip in his couple previous games. He's obviously missed week 13 versus the, the, the Kansas City Chiefs. That's when Javante went nuclear. Before that, it had dipped a little bit. In the week 12 matchup, it was 42%. In the week 10 matchup, it was the 43%. There was the buy between those two things. But again, back up to 50% in the Week 14 matchup, and Melvin was awesome with those touches. 24 carries, 111 yards, and two touchdowns. That was for 23 points. This is not a slight to Javante. I love those players both going forward, and Javante, to be fair, is absolutely the target, the, uh, the receiving work in that backfield. But it is Cincinnati, Las Vegas, and the Chargers down the stretch. Those are run-funnel def- uh, defenses. I would be playing both of those guys as confident RB2s and maybe for Javante, high upside, a high upside guy is there. Yeah, realistically, they have pretty similar upsides. And, and that's the point of this, of this call here is that everyone knows that Javante has a great end-of-season schedule. Well, that applies to Melvin Gordon, too, as yes. it turns out, and yep. he's not going anywhere. Um, I did, by the way, check this weekend on my Javante top eight running back over the last half of the season. Bold prediction, by yep. the way. Yeah. And Javante, through about half of that, sits at RB7. Wow. Okay, yeah. Miles. So, so I, you know, rooting for my boy there. Keep it rolling, Javante. Um, I, this week, am sitting Michael Pittman. And like you, probably for the rest of the playoffs. Um, we've talked about Pittman having a really bad playoff schedule. He gets New England, who, by the way, is notorious for shutting down a team's number one option. Then he gets Arizona, then Las Vegas. All really, really tough matchups for wide receivers in fantasy. We've also talked about how this team, the Colts, has moved towards the give it to Jonathan Taylor and let him carry us game plan, and I can't blame them. That's been working. I think you can do better than Pittman this week, and even though he got a lot of people to the playoffs, I do think that he's going to disappoint largely over the next few games and possibly lose some people some playoff games as a result. Um, If you can sell high, great do that i think that's kind of what you're saying about melvin too that he's a buy low but um i am benching michael Pittman until he proves me wrong yep i'm with you Pittman has shown up on what was a trade segment list over the past couple weeks as a sell high um and and, you know that was partially because of his playoff schedule and you know we're putting our money more our mouth is when it comes to start shit as well too definitely all right uh tonight currently (laughs) the rams are playing at the Arizona Cardinals, uh, what will you be watching for when we are able to watch it? Yeah, yeah. it's a good shot, Miles. Um, there should be a lot of fantasy value on the Arizona Cardinals offense, right? I mean, stud quarterback, really good wide receivers, some now very talented running backs we learned as well, too. Of late, there's really only been one player who's been consistently good, a good start. That's running back James Conner. You know, we expect Nuke and Kyler to pick it back up. Both of those players are both injured. They should get healthy and should be productive. But what about some of those two, three, maybe even wide receiver four guys on Arizona? I'm talking about Christian Kirk, A.J. Green, maybe even Rondell Moore, perhaps. 
Kirk is wide receiver uh, 39 on a points per game basis, and AJ Green is 55. I want to see, you know, tonight and maybe in the in the first round of the playoffs, if either of those guys are going to step up and potentially be startable assets for the fantasy playoffs. All right, and I will be watching Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, in his last two games, he's had 19 and 11 fantasy points respectively, but those have been good matchups, and he scored touchdowns in both of those games. If he has a good game against the tough secondary of Arizona, then I'll be okay playing him for the fantasy playoffs. But if not, I'm probably looking to pivot um, because of a lack of consistency. Have you been checking, Miles? I have not been checking. Well, uh, Odell Beckham has uh, a touchdown. Terrain. Does he really? He does. All right. That's through, uh, through a quarter and a half. So. Three good games for Odell Beckham in a row. Yep. Um, all right. Well, I will be providing, as a reminder, a my thoughts, a fantasy breakdown of this Monday night football, as well as all Monday night football, as well as all Thursday night football games. Uh, plus, here and there, any breaking news that does come along. And you can follow me on my Twitter, where I will be doing that, at MilesUllmanFF. The show is on Twitter, at DirtyWaterFF. Instagram, at DirtyWaterFantasy. Facebook, DirtyWaterFantasy. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Please leave a review, like us, subscribe, click the bell. And all other platforms are at anchor.fm slash DirtyWaterFantasy fantasy uh wow uh in a week i mean in a week we're gonna have an answer to whether or not we both made the playoffs yes we're gonna be sad or happy probably we'll probably I'll, be both those things depending on you know we'll, we'll be both those things yeah. i imagine realistically the last usually usually the end of of the year of the calendar year is defined by how I do in fantasy football. Probably more so than on a weekly basis, which does very much alter my mood on the week. But I, I, I don't know. I'm I'm pretty tilted. I'm, I'm pretty tilted right now. Oh, but the most tilted. Yeah. This week was was brutal, man. I was all over the place with my with my lineup setting this <laughs> Sunday. Yeah, you started Rex Burkett and it worked out for you. I did, and I I started Jamichael Hasty, which I was sort of talked into, and it did not work out well for me. I still think it's not I like sh- I should I should have well I shouldn't have benched Robbie Anderson. Yeah, well, you live and you learn. I do. All right. Uh, or I don't. I probably won't learn with uh, Robbie Anderson. Uh, good luck in your fantasy playoffs yes. week one. Let's win some championships for the Dirty Water Fantasy Squad. You're feeding them lies, feeding them lies, while you're dying inside, dying inside. Oh!